you're listening to Behind Closed Doors with Billy Elliot. I'm Billy. By day, I host radio and interview all sorts of interesting people. And by night, I facilitate success for women in business, hosting space for women to set goals and reach their full potential, just like our Lewis FC players. Now, this podcast is your chance to personally get to know the players off the pitch. And I kickstart this series by interviewing the captain of Lewis FC women's team, Rianne Cleverly. And I'm very excited to share this interview with you all because it's just really fascinating and motivating and inspiring. So do sit down. Have a cup of tea and get to know a little bit more about our amazing captain at Lewis FC. Rianne Cleverly is the captain of Lewis Football Club and I'm really excited to talk to her about how she got to become a football player. Rianne, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Uh, th- yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited. Um, I wanted to start off, Rianne, by just talking a little bit about kind of how football came into your life and what the kind of journey was. I guess, could you display a bit of a timeline of growing up, how you've become a football player today? Yeah, of course. Um, quite a long time ago now. Um, but uh, I think growing up, I always wanted to play football. I have a twin brother and an older brother, so they both played, but they weren't very good um, being nice um, so I think I automatically thought <laughs> I think I thought that I was really good um, which wasn't actually the case at the start um, but I was just trying to get them out to play in the garden with me as much as I could um, my mum was quite reluctant to um, let me join a team it kind of I guess it wasn't really the thing to do for girls when I was young mm-hmm. so it wasn't until I was about nine that she realised that ballet and jazz and even gymnastics and maybe like the more typical female sports um, I wasn't enjoying and I wasn't very good at so um, she finally gave in um, and it was kind of like the more she said no the more I wanted to do it Um, so yeah and I think about age nine she let me finally join my my local team and it turned out there was girls playing for the age group above and actually Sammy Quayle who's another player at Lewis was playing for the age group below so it was quite nice once I joined funny yeah um, she actually lives just down the road from me too um, in Wales Um, so once my mum saw that I think she was a bit more at ease and then she could see how much I loved it and it, it it all went from there so yeah played for a boys team for five years and then yeah never looked back that's incredible so playing in a boys team how was that as an experience it was it was it was really good I think um I didn't ever really feel so yeah I think I never really they were just like my best friends all the boys I was the only girl on the team I probably didn't look too much like a girl at that point um but no, I just I just loved it. They were my friends, and a, a lot of them I'm still friends with now. So if I go back home, um, we still talk about playing football, and they ask me how 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 it's going. Um, but yeah, I, I had maybe like a little bit of like uh, I'd have to say it, like controversy from other teams. So if if we played, and then other other teams would be like, oh, there's a girl on that team. Um, but my teammates were always awesome, and and they stuck up for me, and, and they they treated me no differently to the to the rest of the team. So. It was good, really good. That's amazing. That's so great to hear. Do you remember like a point then in your kind of timeline or your experience where you just knew football was your thing? Um, I think probably 
finishing up my GCSEs, um, I always played for like a grassroots team. So after five years with the boys, I then transitioned and played for a team called Mardi Tigers. Um, it was like the best team in Wales and it was about 20, 30 minutes from my house. Um, and I said all the girls that were old, uh, older than me and younger than me, we all ended up going there. And they all made the transition to play in Bristol. So just across the across the bridge um because that was like the best academy closest by um and i held on and stayed for this grassroots team as long as i could um but when i decided to go there after my gcse's and do my a-levels and play football and study at the same time that was the point where i knew it was kind of like a professional setup where we would train every day but study at the same time so that was the point where i knew like i wanted to take it seriously i started eating right i all my life decisions i guess were based around helping me perform at my best. So that's when I started taking it seriously and maybe not eating burger and chips and biscuits every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's so cool. What's, what do you think the biggest challenge has been about playing football for you as a, as a footballer in any, in any aspect? I think compared to a lot of other females and women, because I've quite obviously been in different teams and played in different countries, I think... I've had quite good friendships and talking to other people. My pathway has probably been a lot easier than others. And I do think that's down to the area that I grew up in. So within like a couple of miles of my house, there are a lot of girls who are very good at football. Um, I don't know if that's a coincidence, but it was kind of always I was following someone else's path. That was the right thing to do. So it was never really me on my own, which I know a lot of other girls, that's that's the way it is for them. Um, And it's quite hard. There's quite a lot of barriers. Um, so I think maybe the hardest challenge for me is since I've come to Lewis actually, and I I was pl- previously I was playing professional football in France, and then I came back here here to England, and the level the standard which was is higher than what I was playing in France um, actually on the field isn't paid as much here, um, so I I have to get a job or I have to I'm studying at the moment I'm doing my masters in sports psychology. Um, so I think at one point last year I was doing my masters full time, playing. It's supposed to be part time, semi professional, but it is definitely full time. And and then also having a little side job at the same time at a leisure centre. Um, so that was the biggest challenge for me is trying to like perform at my best while having and study at my best while having like other distractions and other things that I need to do in order to live everyday life. Um, so yeah, I think I think that would be the hardest thing is just like possibly the pay and the opportunities which is getting better, but still not at the level that it probably should be. So you've just described really what a lot of women in football experience, a kind of really full-on life where they've kind of got to juggle their football career with jobs and and you as well with your Masters. It sounds like it's really full-on for women who are essentially having to hold down loads of things at once. What keeps you going through all that? For me personally, I think it's just growing up, I played because I love it. And I think in those difficult times, so maybe when I've got a lot of deadlines, like at the moment with uni, um, I just try and remember that I, I love football and I, and I can't imagine what I'd do without it. So like over Christmas, when we have a bit of time off, I'm itching to get back. So although it is it's extremely stressful and it would be helpful if we had a, maybe a bit more money or a bit more opportunities that we wouldn't have to have the part-time job as well as the uni or um, we could reduce our hours a little bit, I think... The fact that we love it, we, we'd play for free. Um, and I think that's one thing that we have an advantage over the men is we understand that we're in a p- privileged position, especially now, to still be playing when the rest of the world is kind of 
on a pause. Um, so, I, yeah, I think we just realised how lucky we are and, and it's worth... The rewards outweigh the stress at times, I think. This is the easiest way to say it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. What do you mean about saying about you having an advantage over the men? Yeah, I think maybe like a lot of people see it as a as a disadvantage but I like I always like to I, I guess maybe it's my my master's my sports psychology coming into it trying to change the perspective and see how what people think is a disadvantage is actually an advantage so most people would think that because we don't get paid enough or we need to have a job as well or yeah there's not as many opportunities for women in in sport and football especially um that's a disadvantage but then i i try and spin that on his head and whereas the men they they a lot of them probably aren't wouldn't be allowed to to study or allowed to have an occupation outside um i could often listen to podcasts and there's one about a guy called tyron mings who's um at aston villa and he's saying how a lot of people criticize the fact that he's got like a little job and he's got a business outside of football because if he's not performing they're saying that he's not taking football seriously whereas that's that's not ever come to question in women and women in sport i think there's there's a rare amount of women who who are who can take the the sport professionally um so i think it works as an advantage so after after our football careers ended um we already set up because most of us have already began that journey to the other side of our career um so yeah amazing thank you for that so you mentioned your studies a few times i'd really like to hear more about what you're doing you're doing a master's you say yeah, so a master's in sports psychology. Um, so that's at Chichester University. Um, and yeah, they've been great. The course was supposed to be one year full time. Um, so I started as soon as I came to Lewis. Um, but with COVID, the deadlines have been pushed back, which has been an absolute blessing in disguise for me, um, trying to juggle football too. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I don't want to um, jinx myself, but I'll be done in about 10 days. Um, so I'm just on the final steps of handing in the dissertation now. But um, Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's been, it's been long. So now I'm smiling and I'm and a bit happy. But if you spoke to me about six months ago, I probably wouldn't be answering the same as I am now. <laughs> That's amazing that you're nearly finished. So you said you're doing sports psychology. Yeah. What, what interests you about that? Um, I think with me, my love for well, my passion for sports psychology came when I was playing football in America. There was a woman out there called Amanda Franti, and she she was a sports psychologist in New York and. She helped me during like a really difficult time in my final year. I was the captain and I was imagining myself having this big impact and role in the team. And then I I wasn't starting. I wasn't playing well enough to start. I had a couple of injuries and I just, I, yeah, it came down to that. I just wasn't playing as well as I should have been. And she just really helped me overcome that and just think, even if I can't get into the starting team, how can I help the team as best as I can if I'm playing, if I'm not playing? And it just yeah it made me it helped me through a difficult time and I think now I just want to help other people who are maybe going through that whether that's in football or in other aspects of life um because it's really yeah it's really helpful Mm, that's so interesting what you said about how you kind of shift your perspective into thinking how can I help the team be better what kinds of things were you doing to help the team um I'm, if anyone's watched me play football, I'm quite loud anyway. So I think I, I, I realised I could still do that. I could give people advice and I could still be a leader off the field. I could still be the captain. So I did a lot of like trying to help people like in my position, give them pointers or tips, which probably didn't help me because they were playing even better then. So it made me, it even harder. <laughs> um, and then we did a lot of like team bonding and stuff like that. So I, I was big into that. Um, well, so I made like a team video for the final 
Um, and I like watched, um, I used to watch footage of the other team and like give pointers and analysis to the coaches and other girls. Um, and we actually won, we had such a successful season. We we won every game and a lot of the girls, they, they do like say, like they think that I made a massive dif- difference even though I didn't play. So I was quite nice to get that recognition. Um, but yeah, it just made the, the difficult situation so much easier, um, even though I wasn't playing, yeah. It sounds like your interest in sports psychology really helped boost your belief in yourself and your team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's one thing that I noticed is we spend so much time on like the technical side and the physical side, maybe in the gym, but I think there's still a bit of a stigma, even in everyday life. I think it's getting a lot better, um, but just opening up when maybe we're struggling or we're not performing well. Yeah, I think I've experienced it the hard way and I've learned the hard way, so hopefully I can help others. And part of my dissertation was actually based on the team. So I used six of the girls on the team and tried to improve like their optimism, their well-being with an intervention. And the results have been pretty good and positive and the feedback. So um, hopefully it's the start of something and I can continue to do that. That's amazing. So are you kind of looking into being more of a sort of psychological support for people who are in sport? Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's, it's kind of like steering me down that avenue. I think at the moment still, while I can still run around and, and, and I can still play, I, my priority is football. Um, so if I can keep plugging along with the, with the education on the side and, and be ready for something after football, that would be great. And at the moment it is looking like maybe sports psychology. Um, and we have a great sports psychologist here, Chelsea. So it's quite nice to see like that role model and see where I could go um, mm. and just kind of learn from her through like watching her and like even just speaking to her about my football. Um, yeah. So that's been really cool because I know a lot of the clubs don't have that that, that opportunity and, and those personnel. So we're really lucky here. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Are they sort of a one-to-one support? Yeah. So basically it's, it is like anything to help you perform at your best or help you feel better. So I know at the start of the season, she did it. Chelsea did a lot of work more on the team as a whole so we had quite a lot of new players so what are our values what are our beliefs how are we going to perform best together and getting to know each other um, and then now I think as the season goes on and, and that's kind of ingrained in the team and those values and we live them each day and we hold each other accountable as a team it's less of that for her and I think it's more on an individual basis so in an ideal world I think if we're not all busy and we're not stressed from uni we we maybe speak to her if you, if you think that's beneficial to you you speak to her maybe as much as you can or as much as you want like she's normally here two or three times a week and she's always available on the phone like I've spoke to her on a late on a Sunday on a Saturday night or early on a Sunday morning before the game sometimes um mm. so she's really good like she I know she's really busy doing her PhD but she's always available too um but yeah and I think a lot of us only use her maybe when we're struggling or when we're not performing which is it's kind of not what it's therefore it's supposed to be to help you perform at your best all the time as people we have a tendency once things are going well you stop doing the things that has helped you get to those situations um so maybe we'll all learn the hard way but yeah she's she's great and um I think a lot of us, especially this year, are using her and leaning on her a bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so amazing. It's so cool to hear. That's so interesting as well. So, Rianne, you're the captain and a defender, but how do you think other teammates might describe you and what you bring to the game? <laughs> um, a lot. Um, I think 
Depends if I can hear what they're saying, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go on, be bold. I think loud is the first thing that comes to mind. Like, um, I'm very, very competitive. I think I annoy a lot of people in a good way. Um, (laughs) In training, we we play like little fun games in the warm-up just to get ready for the session. And I think at times it's it's like Rianne's rule. So whatever happens, I I find a way to win. They like to call it cheating, but I'm just saying it's bending the rules. Um, <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> but it's kind of caught on now, and I think it's getting a bit out of hand because everyone is cheating. Um, so I, I do feel sorry for Chris, the, the strength and conditioning coach, because it gets, it does get out of hand. So we're trying to bring it back, but it's good. It's, it makes us really competitive, and and, and we're all ready for the session. Then, um, yeah. it's, just, it's just I think it's, it does get a bit out of control. But yeah, I would say loud, competitive, and I hope I, I do really hope that they say that I'm a good teammate because I think that's what I like to pride myself on is making sure that I think I realise that I'm not like the technically the best player in the world or physically definitely not but one thing I am good at is like getting the best out of others um, yeah. and I think that's maybe why I've, I've fallen into the captaincy role is I hope people feel more confident when I'm on the pitch yeah I just I, I think I just want the team to do so well and, and we've got a great bunch of girls here so my job is made a lot easier at times yeah, yeah. Karen Dobre says that you're very funny as well and do some great dances. Oh, yeah, um, that has been known. At times, I think I've forgotten with COVID, there's no fans, but there are still cameras about. So I'll, <laughs> I'll dance and then I'll all of a sudden it's on social media and I'm like, oh God. Um. <laughs> it's amazing, so, it's so, so funny. Yeah. That's brilliant. So looking back at your football career so far, you've mentioned some low points um, in terms of being in football in, in America and not making the team. Overall, looking at your whole football career, what would you say your high point and low point has been? Um, it's a good question. I think it's just an ongoing roller coaster. I don't know why I've got like this belief that any time that there is a low and the next thing is followed by a high. Um, so I kind of like live through that. So when there is a disappointment, I know that, that it will get better. I think if I'm looking at the, my career as a whole, I'd have to say my time in France um, was the highest and lowest point. This opportunity to play professionally in France kind of came out of the blue. And honestly, it was the best year of my life. Um, I was with, like, Ellie Leak was there at the time and and, uh, and some other friends that, um, yeah, they, they just made the time so special. And I think I was, I was playing really well. I was starting most games and, and, and the standard was good. And it was like the first time that I think that I everything was focused on football so I didn't have to worry about studies we weren't allowed to work it was just football and I just I loved it like that's what I've always wanted to do and I didn't ever don't think I ever really believed that I was good enough to play professional football so, so it was nice and like I still kind of pinch myself when I think back that I actually did that um, but then like out of the blue at the end of the season so as I said I I, I thought I had a really good season and, and I played most of the games and and then a couple of days at the end, after the season ended, um, I was called into the coach's office and he basically said that I was getting released, quite like a lot of other girls. So they weren't having us back for the next season, which I was already very excited about and I thought I was going to go back. I was very comfortable in France at the time. So that honestly was devastating for me. Like yeah, it, 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 it broke me. And I think it was the fact that like my life kind of, I was, I was feeling at home over there. So like I had my house, um, a lot of my friends like didn't have a job so it was kind of like 
I went from having everything to nothing. I knew I didn't want to go back to live with my parents. I had that independence. So it was kind of like I had to find a new team. I had to find a job or study or a new house. Like it was all kind of went from everything to nothing. But luck- wow. yeah, but luckily I ended up at Lewis. So um, it's, all, it's all worked out in the end. Um, and that's when I started my master's in Chichester too. Um, so now looking back, yeah, it's hard to see it at the time because I think you just think it's the end of the world. But I am so glad that I've like found this club because honestly, they care about you like off the field as well as on the field. I just feel so valued and appreciated here. So I don't think people realise how much the club has, has done for me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's mm. awesome. That's actually really um, great that you said that because my next question was, what does Lewis FC mean to you? Yeah, it's just... It's, it's home now, like, it kills me to say it because I'm, I'm a proud Welsh woman, um, but uh, yeah, I love Lewis, it's just a bit quirky, the fans, the community, and I just think that everything that it represents, like, is, is just special and, and you don't get that, um, so I think, yeah, it's just nice to be part of something that is more than just a game, because... Yes, it's all about it is all about winning and it was all about the results, but at the end of the day if if something goes not our way or or we do lose or we do underperform, you you realize that we're playing for something a bit bigger and hopefully we can like change women's football and change the perspective of it. And I even in my time here, my short time here, I think it's come on leaps and bounds, so hopefully that will only continue to grow. Yeah. Mhm. Great answer. Uh, we've got one more question, Rianne, and then we've got to head off. Let's go. Um, have you any encouraging words for people, perhaps women and girls, who want to pursue something that maybe there's been less opportunity for them particularly? Yeah, I think just just go for it. It's easier said than done, but I think if you find something that just like gets you out of bed in the morning or gets you excited or puts a smile on your face, then you've got to go for it because that's just how you're going to be your best and that's how you're going to like live a life that you enjoy and I think I've worked in like my family home like a car business so I I've worked my summers there trying to make money at a call center and I hated every single minute of it so I think the money is is secondary to me and I think you just gotta you gotta find something that you really enjoy and 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 guess you're out of bed and passionate about so I think just go for it yeah oh Rianne it's been so brilliant to talk to you no, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I feel this like intense rush, like I've been incredibly inspired by your energy and enthusiasm for football in general. Actually, after interviewing Karen uh, last year, I started playing myself. Oh, cool. So, cool. Yeah, but it's, oh. it's just lots of fun and it's made me think, oh my God, how come I didn't do team sport earlier, you know? Yeah, like, it's, just, it's just a no-brainer. Like you have you have so many friends that... Yeah. Like, even if they don't know it, they're your friends. Like, I love it. So I think yeah. that's what. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Oh, Rianne, I hope you have a great day today. And thank you so much for talking with me. No problem. Thanks very much. See you later.